Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of handshakes. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, reigning FPL champion Chuck Bailey and super producer Ian Stimson. Ian, are you going to be adding any dither to this audio or... uh don't, uh, don't do it, Oscar. Don't do it. You, gonna, you, you make me so unpopular, be it fish chat or digital audio chat. You oh, fish chat. So How's unpopular. Milo? How's Milo? He's still got the two girlfriends? Fine. Sexually mature and, uh, yeah, <laughs> having a lovely old time. Little Milo Jr. is coming out soon? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Could be. What about you, Chuck? You went kayaking recently. Want to tell the people about the kayaking? Yeah. I don't know. Did you see any fish? There don't tend to be, they, yeah, I don't know if there are fish in the rhythm way. Loads of football, so much football to talk about. Here we are. Yes. And I'm on a clock. Yeah, 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 much. Uh, we are recording a day late here because we wanted to let Liverpool play Palace and see what happened with that before we recorded. Otherwise, that No would be... care given to Peterborough Sheffield Wednesday, which is currently playing, but fine. Yeah, we know where okay. your priorities lie. Yeah, all right, yeah. have it. How's Posh Island? Tell us about Posh Island. What's going no, on? No, no, I don't want to talk about Posh Island. I'm just saying it's funny that we... We'll, I mean, it we'll seems delay, like you want to talk about it. You brought it delay up. Delay the pod for Liverpool Palace, but I not know. for Peterborough Sheffield up, Wednesday. So it seems like you kind of want to give a full report of how right, things are. I'll fucking see you tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, just saying, you know, if I've got half an eye on something else, it's not my fault. No one yeah, cares about League One. <laughs> yeah. Not, I mean, not even people are in League One. Yeah, Correct. That's fair. Um, well, we are recording a bit late, so we are going to get straight to it this week so we can rush this out and get it out on time for everyone's regular earballs. Uh, but if you are joining us for the first time, thank you. We're very happy to have you. We are one American and two Brits, and we try to talk about the Premier League, but we often get distracted. Uh, talking about fish and kayaking and dithered audio and things of you. this nature. You uh, get distracted. I, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, if you're back, thank you. We love you. We appreciate it. Share the podcast with a friend. Um, leave us a review. Five stars. Join us on patreon.com slash milesoffside and or patreon.com slash milesoffside pod. One of Just those the one. is the correct one. Um, you know. And- I do you know, know which but, one's the right one. But look at Ian's little face when I pretend not to know. You're, you're allergic to success, Oscar. That's what annoys me. Hey, we've been on this for four years now. If you didn't figure that out yet, you're, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> have a word. <laughs> Choking on my own rage here. Uh, um, we're going to skip the news this week. We do, like I said, we're recording a day later than usual, so we want to turn this around as quick as possible. So we're just going to jump right into the fixtures with our famous segment. <clears throat> Rapid, rapid, rapid fire fixtures. Oh, the iPad's back. We didn't know we were going to get live sounds. What a time yeah, to be alive. I fixed the 10 year old iPad through the magic of charging it. Well, there you go. It, it needs electricity. Ian's still getting used <laughs> to the idea out. of electricity. He's used to everything running on uh, candle oil or whatever. Whatever they used to oil. Good vibes. <laughs> yeah. Steam powered iPads. <laughs> All right. Simmer down. Um, you want to just get to the crazy one, or do you want to go in order? It's up to you guys. How do you want to play which this? Which one's the crazy one? What do you yeah. think? Which one's the crazy one? Uh, the one with the fights, the ones with the, the dicking, <laughs> the ones with the madness and the headbutts. Uh, the the I don't, I don't know which one. So much. Uh, football in a heat wave. Everyone was worried about the game being slow. Nope. Just turned everyone into a fucking psycho. Yeah, let's start with the big one then. Uh, We'll start with Chelsea 2, Tottenham 2. Chelsea 1.4 to Tottenham's 1.1 on XG. Gentlemen, there's so much to talk about with this match. We got tactics, we got 
not violence. <laughs> we got referee drama. Oh my gosh, there's so much to talk about. Where shall we start? Ian, I'll leave it to you to take this conversation in one of the three directions to begin with. <laughs> okay, well, let's say just ultimately Chelsea controlled the vast majority of the game. You were unlucky to draw. I think that's fair to say. Even a even the staunchest Tottenham fan, I think, would say that you controlled the game. Even Conte the... came out and said that we deserved the win <laughs> afterwards, so, you know. Well, there you go. Uh, but that is very much not the prevailing uh, thing that you think about when you think of this game, which was the the fucking chaos of it. The, the fu- it, it. 25 minutes to go, and this game just kicked into life. Yeah, what a game, man. What a fucking <laughs> crackhead of a game. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was mad. But, like, uh, I'll just go with one thing that I particularly enjoyed, which is I cannot stand it when uh, commentators, TV companies, uh, always forcing their pundits and everything to toe the line of, oh, well, you... You don't like to see this, do you? This is this is oh, this is ruining a, a, a good game. They threw all that out the window this time, and we're fucking loving it. And Everybody, oh, a universally <laughs> handshake gate, the overhand shake, or whatever you want to call it. Like. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the fact that they were just they were just all in on it and finally going. Yes, yes, we do want this. This is exactly what we want. This is the entertainment of the game. It was it was absolutely brilliant. All. You know, again, you know me, big fan of the soap opera around it. It was fucking great. I mean, we did mention last week that the handshakes were back and hopefully we'd see some drama around them. <laughs> True story. Little did we know. Uh, I'm going to read a tweet to you guys by someone called Brooks Peck, formerly of the Dirty Tackle blog. Uh, for some American people might know that back in the day on Yahoo. After years of handshake drama based entirely around when they were avoided, we finally have an innovation to the genre. The overshake. <laughs> Thank you, Conte and Tuchel. <laughs> <laughs> An innovation to the drama, yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing was as well, Tuchel said it was because uh, Conte didn't look him in the eye as he passed. Well, there's since mm. pictures have come out showing Tuchel's got previous on doing that very same thing of just walking past Daesh and barely, barely acknowledging his presence, which you might say is deserved. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was proper playground stuff. And uh, when they were both already mm. on a yellow... Uh, <laughs> as well so yeah we'll be seeing them both banned i think for a little while after that tuchel especially with his comments about the ref after the fact but that's less interesting than <laughs> couldn't, antonio's couldn't comments after the fact on his social media i don't know if you saw that uh kante posted a picture of tuchel running past him um with the caption luckily i lucky i didn't see you making you trip over would have been well deserved three laughing <laughs> crying face emojis I, I love it this is a man who is in his I mean, how old is Conte? He must be 50-something, surely. Mm-hmm. And like he's, yeah, getting on the gram and just giving it some emoji banter. And it's like, why not? Why not? Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. I mean, I, I love it. What, what's a better uh, manager fracas, do we think? The overshake or the, the flippant hair f- uh, tie flip of Mourinho versus Arsene? Yeah, that was, that was, no, I much prefer this. This is, uh, this is actually physical. This is, you know, <laughs> it, it felt like it could get nasty at any point. Which yeah, was they had a bit of progress really too fun. during the match, like before yeah. the handshake. It was, it was delightful. I hope that they grow into like mortal vicious enemies. Well, it was, it, I think this is the continuation of a rivalry that could get really, really good because and when I say really good, I mean like for me, and I've discussed this before, but in the sort of 2000s when I was watching a lot of football, the early 2000s, it was Man United Arsenal. Whenever they were playing, me and my mates at uni would find a pub and watch it because you'd know you'd get a good mm. high tempo, high tempered pissed off game with, you know, a, a, a great a great atmosphere. And it was 
it was definitely that. And I think you could be, especially because they're both in the same, they're both competing for the same sorts of league positions at the minute. They both seem like they're at the same similar level. I thought this. Uh, this did they this seem rival- like a similar level? We'll get to that later. They, no, 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 not in this game. You know what I'm saying? They're both yeah, yeah, they're no, both going for the same positions in the league. You know, and I think you've got what could be a really good continuing rivalry here, and especially if the managers hate each other like this. <laughs> this yeah, the brilliant. players hate the fuck out of each other. It's always a violent game. There's always cards. There's like I think back. People are calling this the Battle of the Bridge 2.0 because if you think mm. back to like. When we stopped them from winning the title and handed it to Leicester five years ago, six years ago, whenever that was, that was another like fights and violence and just like Chelsea Spurs are always going at it. It is not a fixture that fails to dis- to like entertain. Um, Chuck, while we're on Handshake Gate, what did you think of the proper, proper shithouse tactics there? It, <laughs> I'm sure you were loving well, it. Well, I, th- I think it's good that we get this every so often. I'm quite glad this isn't all football games. Um, I do yes, not, agreed. I do not yearn for that. Um, but this is definitely now built up, I think, as the feistiest matchup between our our top and our best teams in the league. Because obviously Liverpool and City is so friendly. Um, North London <laughs> derby is, you know, it just seems to be one team wins it. Um, Chelsea Arsenal isn't as much. Um, no one cares about Man United. So this one is kind of the <laughs> the last one we've got left. And, and Antonio Conte being as emotionally led as he is, um, saying he prefers to meet aggression with aggression. Um, <laughs> prefers to kill come out there to kill them on the pitch um and uh Tuchel is is seems to be on a mission to wind up so I think it was just a perfect cauldron like like you said Ian of two teams that are going for the same thing uh probably similar status at the minute one's trying to kind of rebuild one's kind of quickly coming into an ascendancy um with Conte and and the fitness and that and I think especially if not during the game before the game it you know I think Tottenham were kind of being seen by a lot of people as the favourites for this one, uh, based off Chelsea's kind of less than inspiring performance uh, against Everton versus the the way they played against Southampton. And so the fact that Tottenham seemed to be happy to concede a lot of uh, the play to Chelsea, especially early on, um, I mean, possession-wise, it's it's ridiculous. It's, it's twice yeah. as much, twice as much for Chelsea, twice as many passes, everything. But where Tottenham did kind of do well, um, apart from you know the cheating, um, was that they were incredibly fit and could come back at them. Um, and so, so yeah, I think I was I was fairly surprised to see how much control. A was ceded to Chelsea, and B that that it then meant that they they did control the game very very well, especially early on. Um, I would counter with I don't know that necessarily control was ceded as much as Chelsea took the control there. Um, I think there was a couple of like tactical decisions that before the match we were talking about in the Slack, and I was like, oh, that's a weird choice. Reese is at centre back, Ruben starting at right wing back, and then you think about like, oh, that was to sort of mitigate the. Uh, threat of Sun, because obviously you don't want Sun going up against Aspie, you have him going up against Reese James, who for the record I think might be the best defender in England at this point. Um, overall, obviously Trent offers more in attack and Virgil offers more in defense, but if you take the complete package, Reese James, holy fucking shit, he's an amazing player. Um, and that was on display this game more than pretty much most. Um, he had Sun in his pocket, and he was creating, and he scored, and all of that. But I think that there were some tactical choices that Tuchel made that made it possible for Chelsea to really exert their dominance on this game. I think we were clearly the better team. The XG is close, um, but that XG includes two shots that never should have been, right? But like, I don't know, but I, see, I don't see... I don't think you take control... Like, Tottenham could have pressed 
more. I don't think you get a 30% difference in possession stats by one team not being happy to sit and just play on the break more. Because when Tottenham changed uh, changed formation, things did change. So, it, I, I yeah, I tend mm-hmm. to agree that I think Tottenham, the team, were not getting as carried away as the media were. Like you say, Chuck, Tottenham seemed to go in as, as favourites to this game. And mm. yet, they've not got a great record at, at Stamford Bridge. and I, I, They haven't won in like 30 years or something. I was quite surprised at how much everyone was assuming that Tottenham would, would win. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it was interesting because I think Son, uh, you say James had Son in his pocket. Son did look out of sorts. Fucking ruined my fan tracks. He only got 16 points, <laughs> yeah, which mine, you get points for too. blinking yeah. in fan tracks. So. <laughs> mine too. I mean, I have just checked, you know, we're talking about Reese James and I've just checked the Peterborough score and uh, Reese James for Sheffield Wednesday has been sent off. So, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> he gets around. Clearly, he goes everywhere, Reese James. Good stuff. There you go. He's a busy man. Oh. He's a busy man. He's putting in perfect crosses for Kai, who wasted it. Yeah, well, yeah, that guy just fucking, what? Sort yourself out. Stop just being angry all the time and score some goals and earn your status, <laughs> mate. I know you've scored some big, impressive goals, but you're very quickly becoming a Divock Origi-adjacent player. So sort that out, Kai, for goodness sake. Um, fights, drama, everything, hair pulling. Emotionally led, hair pulling. Shall we talk about the referees? Then, well, I guess? well, we should go incident by incident. I think so. Let like, them you... play, guys. <laughs> Let them play. <laughs> Look, I'm generally of the op- opinion that violence against racists is a good thing, and you should punch bigots and pull their hair and do whatever. <laughs> but the referees should also still do their jobs. Like, I don't we'll know. We'll get there. So let's take them in order. <laughs> Because I, okay, I think okay. I think the first one was the the foul on uh, or the well let's go inverted commas until we've discussed it the foul on Havertz by uh, Ben yeah. Tanker. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Wasn't a foul. Clearly, wasn't a foul. Correct. There's four eyes. Four eyes have seen it. That's it. Over in it. Like Jurgen Klopp says, they've said it. There's no there's no more discussion. <laughs> okay, so I'm get I'm sensing the sarcasm there. So you both think it was a foul. It was a foul. It a was a foul. But clearly, they, yeah. you know they. I, the the point had passed at which you know it had been called. Yeah, back. it was forty four seconds 40, I believe, yeah, exactly, before the goal. 44. Right, it was like a decent. But the point is, I, time, I don't so think like... it was clearly a foul because I don't think he went through. He went round. He got the ball first, and yes, he did have to. He did go get the ankle as well, Correct. but he didn't. He didn't go through with any force. I don't think it was definitely a foul. That's all I'm saying. I don't think it was surprise, surprise. The Northern Boomer League One fan doesn't think it was a foul. You take that fucking back, Boomer. (laughs) Okay, I apologize. apologize. It's absolutely outrageous. Cross the line. Yes, I should never call anyone a boomer. I'll take all the rest of the shit. (laughs) But but equally, if it had been given a foul, I wouldn't have been like, well, the game's gone. That's ridiculous because I think things are subjective. So okay, fine. But we're saying that was a foul. You're absolutely right. 44 seconds passed and Chelsea got the ball back bef- like in between that, that yeah. foul and, and the goal. You can't take things back to a silly de- no, degree. No, that was an outrageous call, but I don't think that it should play in as far as the goal being disallowed. I think the reason that goal should be disallowed is because Richarlison was offside and right, interfered. Right, that's the next one. So. And, and, like, cl- and like clearly fucked Mendy up. Like, that's the next one. Mendy didn't dive, started to dive in the other direction. Like, he clearly was like... Mm. thrown off by Richarlison being there I don't I, he had a clear I think it's I don't think it's a cut and dry because Mendy could see the ball clearly at the point of the shot at the point it was struck however Richarlison was in an offside position and the ball's gone around Richarlison to go in 
And Richarlison moved towards the ball as it was traveling. Like yeah. after the shot, Richarlison moves towards the ball, which Mendy reacts. So you can see his body shifts. Mm. I, he didn't start to dive. That's being dramatic. But his body clearly shifts and it stops him for enough of a split second that that's why the ball. But you're him. talking about, hang on, you're, you're talking about from the ball being struck to it traveling like seven or eight yards. Can Mendy possibly do like, can he possibly react that quickly to something Richarlison's doing? We're talking about yeah, of course, one point two of a second. Reigning keeper of the world, best keeper in the world. No, so I, I just don't. I don't think you can call that clearly not best keeper in the world. Should have saved it. (laughs) 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 I, I, I think if you start calling that offside, you're you're calling so much stuff offside, and I, I don't, I don't know if he's not in his eye line at the point that the ball struck. I struggle to to go along with it being offside. I think it's marginal. It's him moving towards the ball and Mendy reacting the problem, to the that. The problem that is, is there's so many marginal calls, therefore, in the lead up to that goal that you're like, right, so when every marginal call has, has broken the way <laughs> of creating that goal, it, yeah. that's they accumulate when it shouldn't be looked at as a accumulation. It's like we would say with expected penalties with uh, yeah. Palace against Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ex- expected VAR <laughs> is off the charts I here. reckon the reason it isn't, given as the offside is probably because of how far out Richarlison is like if yeah. that's on the edge of the six yard box that gets given as offside oh, 100%. so yeah. they probably yeah, do kind fair. of factor it in and that's the kind of variance angle that we expected and of course because VAR would get rid of all of these discussions um, who was on <laughs> VAR this week oh yes he was my I mean, the moment I saw Anthony Taylor's name, I was like, oh, we're going to uh, get fucked every time. Here we go. Fucking agenda. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> all on. the refs no, are shit. Oscar, all the refs are shit. They're all yeah, shit. That is it. I, to be clear, I'm not saying he's biased against Chelsea. I'm just saying he's fucked us over so many times there in the past that I've come to expect hundreds of yeah. thousands of signatures, petitions that are going, being sent to the <laughs> FA. It has to go before Parliament, right? you got 100,000 signatures. <laughs> yeah, that lie is believed by a lot of people, yes. Yes, mm-hmm, <laughs> exactly. definitely. Um, I, I also want to be really clear. I'm not here to moan about referees. Yeah. Like, we got exceptionally fucked over by Anthony Taylor in this match. Like, it should have been 2-0. But I hate when people complain about referees and they're like, wah, 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 the referee. Like, it happens. Everybody gets fucked be by referees. Be better. We should have put away our chances. Like Sterling missed a golden chance. Havertz missed a golden right. chance. Yeah. That lineup for the last 15 minutes was insane. Mm. Like, Ruben and Gallagher is not a midfield <laughs> when Tottenham are like chasing the yeah. game. Like there was things that happened that like, like, like yes, that second corner after the Kukurela hair, Kukurea hair pull shouldn't have been going. But there was three wide open Tottenham yeah. players. Yeah, on that there's quarter. a picture. There's a picture where it's like there's no Chelsea player there competing with that ball. No, and they were clearly like distracted, I guess, mm. or frazzled, or whatever you want to say. Like that corner shouldn't have been happening, but it did happen, and they didn't defend it well, and we conceded. Yeah, like I'm not going to sit here and cry about the referees. It was unbelievably bad. Like I think the second worst refereeing job in a Chelsea match that I've ever seen, <laughs> besides that Barcelona game in 2009. Tom <laughs> Henning over Abel, go fuck yourself. And same thing to Anthony Taylor. Actually, you know what? Don't even go fuck yourself because a little alone time can be quite pleasant sometimes. <laughs> I hope you go go get an awkward hand job behind a Denny's that isn't even enjoyable. That's what you should go do, Anthony. I mean, yeah. like beggars can't be choosers, yeah. <laughs> so the last incident, the, the the big refereeing incident, is the Cucurella hair pull. 
uh, yeah. which happened just before the corner where you conceded. There's um, nothing in the laws of the game around yes, pulling hair. That's absolutely right. It genuinely isn't. Which how is weird is that? That's really <laughs> weird to me. When I when when someone said that, I was like, nah. And I'm 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 not gonna lie. I haven't looked it up, but I can totally believe that it just wouldn't be acknowledged. <laughs> wouldn't it be thought of because. Yeah. You look at the pool and yes, he pulled the hair and yes, your hair is a more sensitive area. And yes, I'm going to sit on Romero's side in this argument. <laughs> you look at how oh, he pulled him. Like <laughs> if you pulled someone's arm by the same token, would it would it be a foul? Hmm? Is it violent well, conduct? You... It's definitely violent conduct. <laughs> is it violent conduct? I love how VAR can be like, is this foul violent conduct red worthy? No? Okay. Well, I guess it's not a foul <laughs> well, it's then. Nothing. Even though it yeah. was maybe worthy of a red... Like, <laughs> Clearly, you're saying it was a foul if you're looking <laughs> yeah. at it to see if it's a red card. It's, like, it's like a firefighter, fire engine showing up and they're going, hold on, is this an electrical fire or a wood fire? <laughs> Sorry, I'm only equipped to deal with wood fires. You'll have to wait for the other engine. <laughs> oh, if it's not a raging inferno, I'm not interested. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Anthony Taylor, bald. Mike Dean, bald. Bald. Yeah. Bias? You <laughs> <Question> decide. <mark>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I think that was a a ridiculous call as well, as you say. Apart from the fact that that Anthony Taylor was looking across that, you know, the bit he should be looking at for these sorts of incidents, and still yeah. managed to not catch it. And as you say, VAR then looks at it, and because it can only deal with violent conduct, and apparently that's mm. not apparently put dragging someone to the floor via their hair is is not violent conduct. Then no. uh, I don't know what to say but about it, it really. Yeah. But you can you can tell it's kind of the the way Conte wants to operate, and you you see it with certain managers. You know, Mourinho was always like the siege mentality of us against them, and and Conte always shows his emotion so much, and he wants that to radiate out on the pitch, and I think it does. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. the ugly side of that is that you are going to get things like this where things do get too violent and, and whatever, and get a bit dirty. However, that that creates an environment, and and that passes out then into the fan base and the stadium becomes a lot more raucous when they're playing at home. And so I think that's just, it's all part of of exactly what he wants to do. And I think there's probably an extent where Tuchel wants to harness that as well with the way he acts. You know, you look at the way he celebrated for for Reese James' goal. That seemed mad to me that it's the 77th minute and you're doing that. Like... Yeah. The second he did it, I was like, you've set yourself up for a fall here. You've run all the way down to the corner. But for me that is but for the fans that are there for the players they see their manager and like that's kind of what I was wondering a bit with Chelsea with the last year that they've had both all the activities off the pitch plus the fact Tuchel himself was going through a divorce uh, and all that kind of stuff which I I think you know that that obviously warrants an impact um, to the team it's good to have to be showing at least that there's that team spirit there um, to kind of build on yeah, I, I think I should be madder about this result, like especially the shithouse nature of it and the getting fucked over by referees. I think like 10 years ago when I was, a, you know, in my mid 20s, I would have been like throwing shit and just like ruined my day for the rest of the day. But like, I think I'm actually fairly happy with how this went because we were like clearly better than Spurs by a significant margin. And like the reports of our demise given a bad preseason are largely <laughs> overstated, like bad summer vibes who fucking cares like we're, we're a good team and we play good like yeah i don't know the thing that really upsets me is the conte injury that's the big one for me um because yeah. he was amazing at his absolute best showed why he's still like incredible and you guys will remember a couple of years ago like the champions league season i was on the we should sell conte while we can still get money for him train 
And then everyone was like, look at this fucking idiot. He thinks they should sell the best midfielder in the world. And then you won a Champions League and he was your best player. And I said, like, yeah, okay, fine. We kept him. We paid him. But, like, this is a, a sentimental but still bad decision. And since then, he has played less than 2,000 minutes two out of three seasons. Mm-hmm. And now he's looking at weeks, if not months, on the sideline again. Um, and we're not going to be able to get any fucking money for him. He's in the last year of his contract. He's in his 30s. He's unbelievably injury prone. Like, you know, we paid him, we kept him, and it, and it got us a Champions League. So I'm, like, happy with that. But I still go back to, like, the good decision, the, the like, smart decision would have been to sell him back then. And... My only hope is that him getting injured here with time left in the window is just going to force us to finally look for his long-term replacement Mm. um, because it continues to be a problem and it's going to continue to be a huge problem for this season because, again, Connor Gallagher and Ruben Loftus-Cheek is not a midfield two. (laughs) Like, that's not viable. That's not sustainable. Um so I'm hoping this means we go out and get Frankie de Jong and someone who's even – even Frankie de Jong isn't particularly defensive – um, he's more of a Mason Mount type again. So either we need to switch to a 4-3-3 or we like need to get like a really good defensive mid. But that's the big takeaway for me is like we were great. We looked great. We played great. The vibes are fine. The vibes are not bad like everyone was worried about. We were clearly better than Spurs. Um, but Conte got hurt. So we'll see what the long-term sort of repercussions of that is. But that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know. I guess I should be angrier, but I don't know. Eh, I get it. What do you get? Does this change your opinion of Chelsea in any significant way or of Spurs for that matter? Nah. <laughs> All right, then let's move on to the next fixture. <laughs> um, let's rewind then to Saturday, August 13 at 10 a.m. slash 15 p.m. slash 7 a.m. And that was Manchester City 4, Bournemouth oh. 0. Man City 1.6 to Bournemouth 0. Well, why are we talking about this game? What's the point? Because <laughs> City, City, huh? Okay. Wow. Present present me with anything interesting. <laughs> I'm inclined to agree. We knew this was going to happen. Phil Foden getting an angry halftime sub. He knew what he did. Erling Holland is not oh, your friend anymore. He does know what he did. You're right. Yeah, he knew what he did. That's that's it. That that's that's all I've got from this game. I hadn't even connected that. Yeah, of course. He, he doesn't he doesn't square it to Haaland for an obvious mm-hmm. tap in, and then Pep goes right hooked hooked. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then in the post match Pep goes he knows what he's done basically yeah. and he yeah, says he needs me, yeah. to know he needs to know that Erling is always going to be there yeah. and he needs to play that ball because that will anger Pep so much not the fact that they won 4-0 but the fact they didn't win 5-0 yeah. because it's <laughs> team and indivi- not individual and whatever yeah, yeah. What, what, we learn nothing from this game <laughs> nothing fair enough it is still of note that like look at Liverpool or oh, Chelsea well, yeah. or other top teams like they're taking a couple of weeks to warm up into the season and City continue to just be like fucking running away with it. I, I mean, you know, I mean, who did who did City even play first game? West Ham. West, and Ham. West Ham looked fucked and they played Bournemouth. Yeah, but in those two games, City have generated 3.9 and conceded 0.5. Correct. That's terrifying numbers. <laughs> That's like crazy, crazy numbers. I mean, yes. Um, we're all but yeah, I mean, I guess there's nothing particularly like notable no. other than Holland. Holland blanking for your FBL, huh? That ruined anybody's week? Nah. Assist. Well, he didn't even assist. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Fair enough. All right. Well, then let's move on to the other Manchester team getting yes, kicked. Please. This is Man United. This <laughs> is Man United. Look at me uh, when I'm talking Brentford to you. Brentford 4, 
we had Brentford 4, Manchester United 0, Brentford 1.8 to Man United 0.8 on XG. Oh. I didn't watch this one because you know who was in the starting lineup, so I have no interest in watching that one oh, happening. But my God, something. was I enjoying the texts. What the slack was treat. popping off. Every day is this is Man United. <laughs> Eric Eithag doesn't know what he's got himself in for. They are he's starting to figure it out. Delightfully awful. Well, yeah, there was a thing on Twitter today that said he's realised some things he didn't recognise going in. Like this guy didn't go to the Caribbean with Ajax at the end of last season. Cancelled that to come to Manchester United early. Remember, he was in the stands and all of that when yeah. uh, Ranić was there. Didn't have a meeting with Ranić. Ah, don't need it, mate. Don't need it, mate. I can do this. Uh, Ajax, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll bring in the, the guys I know. Martinez, yeah. Oh, Tyrell Malassia. Mm-hmm. Christian Eriksen, yeah, that'll be good. Uh, oh, none of this works. None of these things that I have bought work. What, what are this you talking about, brilliant. Chuck? This is brilliant. Playing Ericsson so as a DM. Fucking great. Wasn't he a false nine in one of the games? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just turn the thing upside down. Just turn the chart upside down. We'll try oh, it that way. from Holland. We played the total football. We put the player at the top on the nine. It doesn't work. It doesn't work, mate. You can't play. Martinez clearly cannot play next to... No one can play next to Harry Maguire. My Harry Maguire is a fucking liability. This is brilliant. I fucking love it. I find myself so conflicted. There has been so much from everywhere, so much acknowledgement and publicity of everything they've done wrong for like seven years now and they still haven't fixed it this is fucking brilliant I, I, give me more of this shit Brentford knew exactly what they're doing are a well-run oh. club a club with an identity analytics as well so that ticks the Oscar boner and they just fucking yep. went hey you know what we're going to do we're going to demolish you in 35 minutes and then just do fuck all else because we're just not bothered and you're just going to keep making shit passes shots from out of the box sorry and your greatest ever player is just going to roll around like a petulant little dick and just get absolutely fucked. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well done, Brentford. Immense. Thank you for bringing me so much joy. Yeah, and that petulant little prick, as you say, who was clapped onto the field This by is the game that he should have left fans. at half-time. <laughs> That's the game where they all should have just fucking left at half-time. It seemed like they did from what I've heard. Like that, They didn't even offer anything once Brentford pulled off. What can you? 4-0, completely demoralised, playing... a. a a system that clearly doesn't suit you. And by system, I just mean playing out from the back. David De Gea's only good thing he's had in his locker for years now has been his shot stopping. And that obviously... <laughs> that obviously yeah, eluded him. Yeah, it's been a couple him. of years well, at least yeah, since fair that was... enough. But that eluded him very quickly in this game. And then mm. the, 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 the house of cards came tumbling down. The, the decision to play the ball to Ericsson when he's got a man directly on his shoulder just seems... So insane when you've got, and I think it might have been Maguire, so maybe it wasn't insane, <laughs> on your mm. right that you could play it to. But it's like, oh, geez. an unmarked Maguire better than a marked Ericsson? I'm not, I'm not yeah. really sure. It's but, like it's like in The Simpsons when when all the kids get ado- uh, uh, adopted by the Flanders and Maggie's sat there and just looking at the family like in the mud, looking at the Flanders <laughs> like, oh, which one do I go for? <laughs> It, it it's oh, great. Man. It's so great. It's so great. I love I love this. This is great. More <laughs> of this, please. Who do they play next week? Liverpool. Excellent. 
Yeah, Monday yeah. night football next week. <laughs> Liverpool, I mean, they're going to get eviscerated if they're anything like this. Uh, yeah, it doesn't just... even matter that Liverpool have all those injuries. It's fuck it. Like, it, this is brilliant. Um, especially Brentford's fourth goal, because Ooh, win it from your own box, up to Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony plays the ball first, and One Bumo in pass. that situation oh. to get all the way up there and just slot it, just lovingly slot it. Uh, oh, just relegating Man United. Relegating Man United, <laughs> second game in. Incredible. But, but you're absolutely right. It's, uh, the, the, the difference between the teams is absolutely insane. You've got one well-organised, a manager who is fully integrated into the club. Knows the club inside Everything out about now. his players. Absolutely. Knows everything. Knows everything about his players, absolutely. Just has a plan. Uh, the players all know what they're doing and they know how, how to execute it. Now, mm-hmm. look, you can... Ten Hag's only had two actual eight games. Eight Hag. I must do that. <laughs> You're absolutely yeah. right. I mean, you won't have to call him Eight Hag for, <laughs> for long. long. No, absolutely. Yeah, Seven Hag. Seven Hag. He, he, he had a long time with this team. He had a long, long time. time with Man United. And mm-hmm. he has... I, you know, I, I've been critical of him already and it's just a case of I don't see anything that makes me think that this is a job that he can do and that might not even be discrediting him because I'm not sure anyone can do this job no because I think because we've said it last time that, that everything around you is working against you so yeah. fuck it look Brentford let, let, I'm done. let's not talk about Manchester United anymore fuck them this is brilliant I very much look forward to next week when they also lose <laughs> Brentford we we had questions <laughs> about them coming into this season because we've seen in recent years clubs come up uh, do really well, and then the second season, you know, it starts from level. Yeah. And yes, it is very early days, but a draw and a win in your first two, um, your first home game, you know, first home game last year, opening night, they beat Arsenal 2-0. Um, first home game this year, they beat Manchester United 4-0. Exactly like you said, Ian, they had a game plan. Uh, Thomas Frank knows these players, has brought players back from injury. Um, Josh De Silva, Obviously, he's getting a fair bit of attention on FPL Twitter for whichever extreme you would like. But before they came up, um, I think it was because they didn't get relegated one year. They came close and Palace were linked with him and Brian and Bumo um, as potentially as wingers. And this was, would have obviously been before Ivan Tony came in as well. Right. And it never happened for whatever reason. And then obviously they, when they got promoted, Josh De Silva was a big part of that, but got a big injury and has had a few. Yeah. So he's only just coming back in. And, you know, the way he was treated in the first game, Thomas Frank took him all the way over to the fans and made sure they clapped him mm. um, and gave him the applause needed for that return. And then again, you know, having a shot and yes, it's very lucky, but it's a symptom of that. And, and, and that positive, atmosphere the game plan knowing that you can take a few pot shots against Manchester United from distance and oh look that's going to happen um De Gea is going to make howlers like that and so but I mean Brentford are going to again they're going to worry some of the teams that are looking like they might fall through the trapdoor um and 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 get involved because if they can just stay organized and and they know their shit they know their analytics they know the players they brought in they've still got some more uh to kind of drop in and potentially make some more moves um. Uh, yeah, I think it's really good things, really exciting things at Brentford. Yeah. Even if they do a lot of the time roll around on the floor and cheat, um, which <laughs> has right, happened in the past. This, this looked like a tailored plan, didn't it? You know, let's press them high because they won't be able to deal with that. 
Um, yep. You know, Thomas Frank said we looked at what Brighton did well against them, and we knew that we 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 had that pressing ability, so we could just mm-hmm. you know keep keep the pressure on. And yeah, brilliant. It's it's just a a, a great, well run team doing good things against a fucking basket case, and it was delightful. <laughs> All right. Um... Sounds like it was a good match. <laughs> You'd have had the best time, Oscar. Surely, Oscar, in this situation, yeah. fair enough, Oscar, you know, not, not watching Manchester United and and that's absolutely fine. I was kind of adjacent to the game and checking in every so often um, at a barbecue. But watch the highlights because you won't see Man United. You won't see <laughs> okay. them. Not just because they didn't play, but also they wore a fucking stupid green kit that was the exact yeah, same colour as the pitch in the Man sun. United. So you literally oh, okay, would yeah, not see me. them. So tick, tick, tick. Give it a watch, mate. Uh, well, um, from one green team to another, I don't know. We don't really have to talk Nottingham about this Forest. One. It was for all the hams, but it is Mr. Simpson. Please cue the jingle so we can give the award out. One green team to another. Playing red. Better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. We had another ham derby in Enfo versus West Ham. And uh, Enfo won it out 1 0, 1.4 to 2.1 on West Ham. I didn't watch this. Worth noting, we did have another ham derby. Um, We had Wolverhampton against Fulham. um, But that was a draw. So, you know, on his evening. On on his evening. So they both get to stay ham. They both ham. Hmm. Pork. But now we have Nottingham Ham Forest and West. Ride, ride, <laughs> ride that luck. Da, 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 da. Oh, what, uh, West Ham, West Ham, I don't, they, they, I think the only way they probably could have scored a goal is if at half time they came out, sacrificed something to, to the gods <laughs> and because hit yeah. the crossbar twice from free kicks, um, had the goal disallowed for Antonio just running through some <laughs> NFL in summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Jesse Lingard with a scuffed shot leading to um, our knee, our knees, his our knees scoring um, after West Ham also threw a load of money at Jesse Lingard at a corner. Um, yeah, worrying, I guess, a bit for West Ham. Um, yeah, but, you know, great for Enfo now coming up, and I think especially with all of the discourse about the number of players they've signed, and yes, yeah. it's still going up. They announced they announced two on that day and one the day before. It is frankly approaching money laundering <laughs> levels of purchases. Where I'm like, what shadiness? What money are you trying to like? They're now, not the only ones, are they? The, I, I've tried no. thinking about this and like it makes sense because they lost I think they lost 12 players last year from people that transferred out or the loans because obviously oh, they, lower, yeah. in the championship you can have a lot more players in on loan yeah. um, and Forrest mm-hmm. have been known to do that so yes they've made a lot of signings a lot of signings and they still have more but all of them are really good as well and so I just think like they've got they've got a fairly decent run of games now. Um, Everton, easy. Uh, then Tottenham <laughs> City, not great. But then Bournemouth, Leeds, and Fulham. So that takes them up to eight games. That's pretty decent. And then effectively, I thought maybe maybe you can disagree with me. But with the World Cup, if they don't have a lot of players going to a World Cup, they've effectively got a preseason in the middle of the season to then go hard second half. And if they can put themselves in a decent position, like a lot of these signings are good players and it's either they click and they perform well and they they kick on and they stay up or they've all got resale value so it's kind of irrelevant and they probably make all the money back. 
mm. um, that they spend. But it's an, it's an interesting one. I don't think it's... It's going to be really it's, interesting. It's as easy to actually properly write it off as terrible. No. Um, but it is, it is an entirely new squad, but they are all arguably of Premier League quality. So Yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing how Apart Cooper... from Wayne Hennessy. <laughs> Fair enough. It's going to be interesting seeing how Cooper threads this all together. Um, mm. But if he can nick and it was nicking three points every now and then or if he can nick a point yeah. every now and then from teams that are quote-unquote better than them that's the teams that stay up you know it, yeah. because I think if if they play uh, the likes of Bournemouth and Fulham and all these players get settled I think they're going to be in business you know so it like you say uh, uh, I hadn't thought about that but yeah World Cup winter break might come at a lovely time for him to kick on towards the end of the season and, and cement what what you know squad harmony might be already ingrained in everyone else but yeah it, nicking points like this is what you need to do if you need to stay up and uh it was a great occasion for the first home premier league match in 23 years and it was it was great to see but it it was a <laughs> it was a bit of a smashing grab <laughs> um, in a way so you know Fair play to them, and I hope they uh, manage to nick the odd point here and there and then go on a run, because it'll be fun to see uh, Forrest do this, because uh, it's going to be players who have not played with each other going, here you go, here's Man City. <laughs> and that, mm-hmm. might be, that might be fun, you know. I will, I will say that um, towards the top of the table, and this will come up again when we talk about Liverpool in a minute, at this point in the season, you care more about the performances than you do about the points. True. Um, but in the bottom end of the table, like these three points are potentially huge points for teams in a relegation scrap. Like every three points really makes a difference. Whereas right now you're just trying to get those performances under control at the top half. But these three points could be like what saves Nottingham. Like it could it could keep info in the league. Of course like, it could. Yeah, absolutely. You, 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 they're often very fine margins uh, down there, and um, we've got teams that are that we've all said are decent, except Bournemouth. Um, so there's there's plenty of there's plenty of give in a few teams that we wonder whether they'll be down there. You know, we don't know whether Leeds will be down there. Um, they will. I think yes. they probably <laughs> will be down there or thereabouts. Yes. You know, and Southampton also. Southampton, of absolutely. You know, so it's it's yeah, the, it might be absolutely vital these three points. So yeah, good on them. Yeah, I mean, Everton don't look like they're getting any points anytime soon. Oh, Everton, soon. I forgot about Everton. They're definitely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, not, Enfo might straight up just get saved by this one result. Yeah. Like, this one shithouse <laughs> could happen. Burnley of the week it'll, could keep them up. Yeah. Burnley stayed up for years <laughs> on I mean, they'll, 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 probably, they'll probably need more than three points to stay up. I should probably say that. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I don't, I don't think it's a particularly hot take, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure no team has stayed up with yeah. three points. Yeah. Just, yeah. Man United are on pace for zero points, though. <laughs> Fact. The, the, form, the form is bad. The f- <laughs> <laughs> Aren't stats fun? So we'll take it to your beloved team, and that is uh, on Monday, August 15. Beware the Ides of August? Question mark. Liverpool 1, Crystal Palace 1. Liverpool 1.7 to Palace's 1.5. Chuck. 10-man Liverpool kind of bossed you guys around, but... It generated 1.5 against Liverpool at the same time. So, mm. like, do you take this one as a positive because you got a point at Anfield? Do you take this one as a, like, oh, shit, we got, like, bossed around by 10-man Liverpool? Like, how are you feeling as the Palace fan on the pod after this result in this game? I mean, uh, a roller coaster of emotions, as all football <laughs> is. 
you know, put the lineup out very angry. <laughs> we paid, we were playing five at the back. The last time I watched us play at the back, five at the back, I was sat in Wembley and it was fucking abject. So I didn't exactly fill myself with confidence. Um, you guys played at Wembley? Who was that against? I don't, I don't mm-hmm. recall. Don't. When did you guys you'll, play at Wembley? You'll know that because it's the game you won before you'd lost your fourth final in five years. Yeah, um, it is. Okay, fair enough. Don't poke the bear, uh, Oscar. <laughs> so, yeah, so I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't inspired because I, especially I think after you watch how Fulham took the first game and really took it to Liverpool and went ahead, um, got a little bit of the rubber to green with the penalty, but but even still were creating those chances. And so I did kind of also want to see that in, in our team, but it was very much weathering a storm for quite a while. I'd say in the first half, um, arguably Liverpool probably should have been scored two. Um, but we stayed solid, uh, managed to deal with it. And Luckily, uh, Klopp took the missed chances really well. Took them really well. <laughs> um, he About 30 seconds before he scored, I said that Zaha doesn't really break away and have pace. <laughs> you need to um, say that shit anymore. more often, mate. Yeah, I yeah, had I already did. seen him score when you sent that text because I was about a minute ahead of you guys. I was like, oh, this is perfect. This yeah. is so good. Um, I also said that Eze on the left of, of a four was wasting him. Um, <laughs> that's not the case. And so I think it's kind of like we said uh, about Brentford and the way they looked at the, the Man United game is exactly how we looked at the, the this Liverpool game. You know, Liverpool... A lot is made of Trent and his defensive liabilities, shall we say, in inverted commas. But the simple fact is that's symptomatic of the way they play as opposed to yeah. his abilities, especially over the last few years. His his intelligence and reading of the game is, is vastly superior to what it was. But naturally, because of how they are, he's going to be high and therefore there is going to be space. And so you have to expose that. The fact that it is such a publicly known flaw and very few times is it actually successfully exposed is another thing and and kind of a testament to Liverpool as being one of the best teams in the world. Um, And that then also later on shows in them going down to 10 men doesn't necessarily matter because we aren't necessarily going to open up and, and and throw everything at it when we're in a position to have a point that we wouldn't have expected to. And like you said, every point matters. And if you can, that you know, that's good. We still had chances um, potentially to win the game, but I think it would be, I don't think it would be fair for me to say that the game was there for us to win because by rights, Liverpool still should have won that game, I think. Um, but we had a very effective moment. Zaha scored one of the best quality goals um, that I've ever seen. I mean, the touch oh, from Eze. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing around, was great. Around the pass Trent, was ridiculous. Dump Fabinho, run off a couple of steps, play a beautifully weighted pass. Zaha to hit it, set it early in the perfect spot to beat one of the best keepers in the world. Gary Neville said it was like Thierry Aubry. And yeah, can't like, argue with that. That was incredible. And so... That's you know, exactly that, what that it was like, actually, because the way he opened up his body... And, and yeah. it, it, it was, like you say... Off the post and in. Perfect. Off the post and in. Absolutely oh. perfect. And the, yeah, ball, they... the ball to him as well, even before that. Just taking, was it Phillips? Just boom, taking him out of yeah. the game. Like, that yeah, was and just that, that, that was clear because, you know, it's it's Virgil van Dijk on, on the, the other side and 
so yeah so I think you know that was the the key attacking part of the game plan and then the other side of the game plan was for Joachim Anderson just to wind the fuck out of Darwin <laughs> Nunez and boy um, did it work <laughs> yeah wow did it perfectly did it absolutely perfectly um, managed to get him to bite enough that he, he went in for two headbutts um, it was and, and an attempted punch earlier too like I don't if you I, I'm assuming was it you that sent that clip of like him getting rounded up the entire match yeah there's a, it's been doing the rounds it's about a minute and a half of just like it, it's just standard center back and forward play because it was quite clear that we wanted to do that and Vieira had said they were watching a lot of stuff from Benfica and, and his time there of of what kind of player he is and obviously for us a lot of the way we play, it would have been get Anderson the ball to play like the longer passes to try and beat the press. Mm. So I think it was natural that those two players were always going to be together, both from a Liverpool tactical perspective and for ours. And you see just every time, just any time Anderson got close, there's a push, there's a budge, there's a, I'm here, there's contact, whatever, and just letting him know, letting him know. And I would say it probably was Diego Costa-esque in that he was treading the line for ages and potentially could have got a second yellow for some other stuff and for some holds. But he he played that part perfectly. And, you know, uh, Liverpool's only striker now, um, out for three games, whilst Firmino's also dealing with uh, an injury and Jota. Um, but, you know, then Luis Diaz scores an exceptional goal. Um, yeah. one of those ones that's quite painful because, you know, he gets it out wide and runs through. I think he ran through five, if not six Palace players, curled it round another, beating Guaita. Yeah. If you're going to do that between two lines of low block and, and bang that in, fair enough. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of goal that if it got scored on me in FIFA, I'm just turning the console off. <laughs> like, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm you... like, how, how many times have you practiced that finesse shot, you fucking asshole? I know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Come on. <laughs> well, thank God Palace didn't because uh, they, they managed yeah. to see this out for a, a point, which was... Yeah, impressive. After five well seasons, not, not getting a single point against Liverpool. Um, but, you know, it had been a decent hunting ground uh, Anfield for for a couple of years there. But yeah, incredible. Never would have predicted that in a million years on there. I would definitely take it on balance of play. I, I don't think we could have got the three without then risking uh, conceding, conceding more. So, and there was some, some real positives in there. Um, I think the fact that Vieira is willing to play a different way and try different things and have a different tactical setup depending on the opponent is something that I was crying out for for years with Hodgson. Of course, yeah. So to it's actually true. look back at myself and see, you know, the lineup and be critical of that, I don't necessarily think it was fair. Granted, that was based on a very small sample size <laughs> and in a game against Chelsea in the FA Cup. Yeah, where emotions involved, I, yeah. Well, I didn't understand why we did it in the first half. Chelsea were really quite poor in that first half. And by sitting back and letting them have the ball, as opposed to playing our game against them, we gave them a chance then in the second yeah. half to get back into it. And so that's probably why I was so disappointed with that. Um, but yeah, it's great that we're playing in a versatile way. Check the Kure looks amazing. Um, I didn't really see him against, I didn't really see the Arsenal match, but in terms of controlling um, that midfield, that's the, he's a great addition um, for a 22-year-old. Uh, again, it's sensational. Um, shout out Alabama-born Chris Richards coming in 
uh, <laughs> our our Captain America, as it were, um, being being on for eleven minutes, and I think winning like four aerial duels, making three clearances, and just high pressure situation to go into. Yeah, as well. I mean, granted, he's come from Bayern Munich, right? So he's yeah, he's aware of being around big players, but you're literally coming for your debut at a club you haven't played before against one of the best teams in the world and you're under the cosh so that's great Michael Elise getting minutes again that's great um yeah really good things really really good things and and a, and a great unexpected point let's roll that into Villa next week because Villa have looked pretty shit and we've never been great at winning the games we should in inverted commas, and also picking up the points against the the unexpected ones. I tell you, I really fancy Zaha in FPL this week. I really do. It's, it's <laughs> I haven't got him in my team, but I'm I'm looking. What's his price? I'm looking. I think seven. Seven mil. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. I'm having a look. Well, that just about covers the Palace side of it, Ian. Shall we get into the Liverpool side of it? Because uh, for me, at least, I think this was actually good looking on them i think this would like i don't know how to phrase that right words podcast who cares um this this like was they were down to 10 men and they were the yeah. better team no offense chuck but like they were the better team well, yeah, especially they are after the going team. down to 10 that's, men that's, like, but it took it yeah but it took it took them going down to 10 to well no it didn't because obviously they controlled as you as you say they controlled the first half but it took them going down to 10 men to light a spark underneath them yeah that's when they just went unleashed yeah. I think and yeah I mean they were playing Trent as a false yeah. <laughs> after being down to 10 yeah. men like what but then, yeah. but then they did make changes like they brought off Nat Phillips they brought on um, Joe Gomez they did make the changes that then meant you know you we lost that ability because Gomez could keep up with Zaha and, and, and yeah, boxing back so, so we lost that outlet and so when you have and our attack was very one dimensional that they could come in and adjust that and you have players of this quality being able to just go fucking ham like I'm, I, it doesn't necessarily surprise me I don't know I don't know if I was high enough on Liverpool coming into the season given this like this made yeah. me like reconsider how actually good they and, really and are that's, really, and that's, that's really interesting, interesting isn't it that, that the discourse you know they've had a what you would look at objectively at the table and you see right two points from two games that's bad but then you look at the way Liverpool are playing and it's like yeah no nah, you're, you're there's there's still the exact same right. team it's yeah. just there's a few <laughs> points here and remember you know they went on that 17 game winning streak like they've got that in them but the main thing is really at the minute is the amount of injuries they have like it is a lot and mm. with Nunez getting suspended You've got um, Joel Matip out. You've got Ibrahim Kanate, Diego Jota, Firmino. Yeah. Um, fuck, I, I mean, I haven't got the list in front of me, but there's, a, you know, they their midfield three is starting. Uh, Thiago, um, he, you know, he's always unfortunately injured. It <laughs> yeah. seems to be, you know, that's those are all big losses, big yeah. big losses. Yeah. And I, I had gotten to the point where I said in the Slack, I think actually Liverpool might have the best squad. Not the best starting eleven, but the best squad in the league, and we'll see if that turns out to be true. Um, because this is the time for them to step up; those players to step up. They have some young players playing important positions and all that sort of stuff. Like, I don't, I don't, man. The way they fucking bossed this game, like, I don't think they're going to see that much of a drop off. This was very impressive to me. I don't know, Ian. Was this? Am I like overreacting? No, no to I, this don't, I don't think you are. But I just, I just think it's interesting that it took. It took the spark of, of of their new striker getting sent off to. I don't know. I I I don't want to be mm. the guy who says it's you know the vibes weren't right, and then the vibes were right because they were all suddenly galvanised. 
but it did feel like that because it felt like they're not gonna they're not gonna find a way through here necessarily because I think Crystal Palace is uh, sorry to go back to Palace, but their their organisation was so good at the back. I, yeah, I, was. I yeah, didn't yeah. I didn't really fear for the Palace goal, you know, and then it Nunez gets sent off and just the pace went up. It just it just suddenly became shit. We've got to do something mm. now, otherwise we're going to be in in yeah. in trouble. And it was it was instant. I don't have worries for Liverpool that would be that would be mad I think it's it's yes they've had two draws but you know that they, they will do Chuck like the things that Chuck said they'll go on big runs of games unbeaten and it won't be a problem mm-hmm. but I do wonder whether they're going to make some moves in the transfer window just to the midfield maybe just to just to help them out I don't know or whether they're going to put the trust in the the youngsters you know I, I, I like um, Harvey Elliott a lot um, he looked really good. Yeah, he played really, really well. You know, really and, really and well. if, if this is his season to kick on, then uh, and and a couple of others, then maybe maybe we'll be all right. I thought, having seen preseason Community Shield, I I thought Nunez was a really good buy, and I think he will be. But he's got to fucking sort his temperament out because that was insane, mm. and that's going to happen a lot, especially now. I mean, you know, and that's that's a worry because Firmino doesn't look at it these days uh, in quite the same way that he used to. Uh, Jota's brilliant, fine. Uh, Diaz is brilliant, but they did lose Mane and they, they, you know, they need to have rotation when Champions League kicks in and they're going to need Nunes to keep his fucking nose clean. And that is not going to be easy now because defenders are going to know they can wind him up and he's going to be a target now. But no big fears for Liverpool I'll be interested to see if there's any more moves in the transfer window coming. There might be one more. I don't know, but I think I think there's nothing to worry about for Liverpool yet. And I don't think Liverpool fans are worried. Insofar as there is something to worry about, it's City. It's City who don't look like they're going to drop points. Yeah. Right? So like you're already four points behind this early when it looks like City might just never drop any points. Like That four-point gap is a huge gap when you're talking about City who just don't do no, it. No, no, no. We, we play them in two weeks at their place. That's a win, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's job done, mate. Yeah, it's... we'll take three points off them, and then um, and then Liverpool will get a win against them, and bang, they're back Happy there. Yeah, but it. it's it's four points with um, you know, thirty five games left, and it was how many points did they get back in? Yeah, you know, yeah. fifteen games. So it's not unassailable. But yes, it's not the start they would have wanted. But as you say, we're we're looking at for the. Top teams, you can be more looking at performances rather than points because it's a long old season, and I don't, I, you know, I think they'll be massively competing. And Man City will have their drop offs, maybe <laughs> because maybe. because they <laughs> the have emphasis on maybe they have before <laughs> had occasional spells where they've gone through, you know, those periods where they get draws when they should be getting wins. Now, obviously, with Holland and that, maybe that doesn't happen so much anymore. Uh, if Foden fucking squares the ball, you. Fucking <laughs> 538 does seem to have some great fears because they are only down I know sample size of two but I just want to bring this up two. because it's going to piss off Liverpool fans so um <laughs> two games City are down City are 59% to win the title Liverpool are down to 18% wow. Chelsea okay. are 10% so like Liverpool are not that much better off than Chelsea in terms of the title projections according to 538 as of this moment all of the grains of salt but 
that's pretty nice to be able to say. I'm just saying. Uh, Man United still seven percent to get relegated. Uh, I checked that. Uh, uh, Man United are eight percent to oh, get relegated. Oh, it's gone up. Lovely. It's gone up. It's gone up. Um, and Tottenham are six percent to win the title. So I don't know if that went up or down, but it seems like it's sad for Tottenham to fans that it's more likely United get relegated than um, you win the league. Feels like a great double bet for you, Jeff. Go on. Yeah. Um, Sadly, there's there's kind of uh, fallout from this game, and uh, it's kind of gone around on social media that Joachim Anderson has shared on his Instagram that after he was yeah. headbutted, um, and obviously you know he's gonna he's he's gonna do what he can to get uh, Nunez sent off. Um, he said he's received three to four hundred death threats um, on his Instagram page, on his DMs, and all those his kind family of things. as well, and his family, all sorts, and that uh, you know now through the club. Uh, the club's uh, player liaison officer that all that information has been shared with the police um, and they will be taking up uh, investigations into this um, as well they've they've contacted Meta um, who are obviously the ones that own Instagram um, and they've they've made a comment that they will also be working with the authorities and, and the club on this matter to, to bring a swift resolution because it's just it's we're we're always preaching to the converted with pretty much everything we say on this pod. We've done um, our part to create a nice corner of, of podcasting and Twitter and Slack and all this kind of thing that we kind of radiate and, and gravitate towards like-minded individuals um, and and the, the simple fact that people think it's okay to do this based on someone getting headbutted in a game with 11 people running around kicking a ball in a fucking bag against 11 people, you feel the need that you wish death upon someone you've never met in your life. Absolutely, abjectly disgusting and depressing. Um, I hope Joachim and everyone affected um, is okay, and I'm sure they are getting the, the support that they need. But just, just yeah, just don't. Yeah, if you know any fans who are bad fans, call them out. Um, I'm sure at this point there are few, if any, bad fans listening to this because we've like you know signposted so much I'll, of who we are. I will are, say but... this as as well, and I don't know how much of this could be people with fake Twitter accounts and those kind of things, but I have seen people with CPFC or something like that in their Twitter handle posting an image of Joachim Anderson in front of a picture of Hillsborough, um, and. I have to own that as being as people being in my club. I'm not going to say they're not part of my club. Clearly, if they are real accounts, they are part of my club. But I it will go around. I will block. I have been reporting. I've never really engaged these people, but it's fucking disgusting and there's no place for it in our society. And some dickheads will call that cancel culture. But you know what? Certain things do need to be cancelled out of yeah. our society. Yeah, fuck them. Um, like it, so yeah. if you've ever used cancel culture as like in that way, just fuck off. Like, why are you listening to us? We... Like, you don't belong here. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Um, we mentioned a little bit anyway, just to 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 move on from there. Obviously, uh, fantasy football uh, this week. Lots of all oh, 50-50 captaincy decisions. Salah versus <laughs> Holland. Oh, neither of them really went well, guys, did they? <laughs> oh, I know why he's bringing um, this up. Fuck me. <laughs> why? Well, it's a 50-50 decision, isn't it? So, uh, you know, <laughs> well, I obviously can't captain Cancelo. 50, yeah, 50-49-1, apparently. <laughs> and you went yeah, with the one. Boy. Exactly. Chuck's the one. <laughs> Uh, a lovely, again, another really close week for us. I got 65, Ian got 64, and Oscar, I believe you finished on 59 points. So we're all uh, within... 64, thank you very much. 50, 50, 60. You got a minus four, didn't you? I don't know. You took it. Uh, yes, yes, you yes. Took yes, it, yes. Yeah. it should put that in when it tells you the score. I know, it's really math. annoying. Don't it's make so me annoying. do maths. Um, 
but yeah, great, a great one, especially because I didn't own Gabriel Jesus and that fucking terrified me. I still don't own him. I'm still not going to own him. I took a hit to get Jesus out and now I took a hit to get him back in. So oh technically, God. I guess... This is Oscar. not fan tracks, Oscar. Back, baby! <laughs> I said I was keeping it casual and that means I'm taking hits because it makes me happy to have transfers. This so, is fantasy the Oscar Puente way. Um, but we're still obviously running our Mophead League. Join link is in our bio of this of, of the Twitters, uh, DG63MA, and also in the show notes for the podcast. You can join, get involved. Uh, the prize is a mystery shirt um they're all the rage these days delivered straight to your front door um and you can be like these guys as i read out our current top 10 in joint 10th we have gabriel penalosa with baby jota and owen carl with wheeze wanderers um pad full lynn hammer uh, make up eighth spots with fluffy nutkins and atletico bourneville um in joint sixth lots of ties lots of hand holding it's lovely it's very close um last year's patreon champion mr rob heppenstall with wild panenka and mcginn and tonic johnny worthington uh in joint fourth another lovely little hand holding oh lovely uh we have chicken tikka mosala with chris smith and vin lee still just question mark um, I assume that's a, a, an emoji or something. Anyway, in third, I'm wondering if this is uh, Oscar's secret team. We have Guatemalan Cafe Magic, Uber <laughs> Rodriguez. Come on, and, get yeah. in. Uh, Come on, viva, viva la raza. Come on, let's go. <laughs> she <laughs> was flying high after game week one with 99. Turned that upside down. She got 66 <laughs> this week. Safira Gold. We'll add it out the gap there. It's yep. fucking old man Stimson. Press the button. Fulham till I die. FC and top of the charts after his game week one triple captaincy and having a decent one this week. Mister Sam Danby with here comes the sun. Uh, Seventy eight points, one hundred and sixty six. Just Sam, you are forty places outside the top ten k in the world. Um, wow! But a bloody, bloody decent one. So well done to yourself. Uh, like we said, you can join us. Join. There's also our Predictor League game. Still plenty of time to enter that until game week eight. Uh, the, the international break, where we'll be closing that off. Predict where you think all 20 teams are going to finish in the Premier League this year and you'll win yourself a lovely prize as well. Free entry. Do it. Do what, it now. What about us, Chuck? How are the, the hosts in the, the little host mini league? How, what are the standings there? I'm curious. Uh, who, who of the three of us is the best at FPL, I wonder? Oh, I mentioned that at the beginning. You, weren't, you only, clearly weren't listening. <laughs> I, I was looking at, I was admiring my score. <laughs> Oscar has 132 points. I have 130 points. Ian has 129 points. Very close. Very, Very close. Exciting. Although you are already technically below us since you have taken a points hit this yeah, week. I, so I'm congratulations. Effectively. Yeah. You <laughs> technically, yeah, you, you are third. So well done for bringing that to everyone's attention. Whilst we're on the subject of games. Oh, is it that time? Is it that time? Oh, I don't like it if you're doing an English accent. I didn't mean to that. I actually just came up with accent. Phew. Accent time. Quiz time. Oscar did. Accent. By accident. Accident. Accent. And, and. You're a drummer. Quiz. Media quiz. You're quiz a drummer. <laughs> it takes effort to do it with that much lack of rhythm, honestly. It's impressive. It's not easy. It's not... <laughs> It helps that there's a time delay. Sure. So, like, you guys are hearing me react to it seconds after you. And I leave it. that time delay on the pod. I could sync you up. Yep. I don't. No, it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> um, all right, gentlemen. The conclusion of the trilogy. 
We are playing one last round of higher, lower, or exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Ian, I apologize, but in an effort to help you and give you a Cheap. leg up this time. Cheap. 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 Sure. If you want to Cheap. think of it that way. Collusion. This week's topic is... Fish. Peterborough. Oh, God. Oh, this is going to be worse. even better. <laughs> This is going to be awful. Go on. This is going to be embarrassing if you lose. Yeah. Uh, this is a best of seven. Some of it is about the soccer team. Okay. And some of it is about the city itself. Brilliant. Oh, God. Yeah. Ian, yeah. what is the population of Peterborough? Peterborough. <laughs> um. 2020 estimate according to Wikipedia. Okay, and I just have to say it because Chuck's then going to... I'd and then to, Chuck's going to decide. Yeah. Down or anything. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And I'm um, going to use my deductive skills to work okay. that out. Okay. Uh, hundred ninety thousand. hundred ninety thousand. Hundred and ninety thousand. Chuck is the population of Peterborough. Higher, it, lower, or exactly a hundred and ninety thousand. Imagine if he got the census figures in front of him. Uh, I'm going to say slightly lower. Ding ding. Point to Chuck. <laughs> God damn it. Like- a hundred and seventy-nine thousand three hundred and forty-nine, which is an oddly specific estimate, but that is the estimate. <laughs> well, maybe there were some births while they were doing the survey. Uh, that was pretty close, though. One ninety is pretty close. You're only off by ten k. Um, not too bad. From the population of Peterborough to the population of the stadium, Chuck. <laughs> what is the capacity? Of the London Road Stadium, that is Peterborough United Football Club's stadium. Oh, ooh, good question. I'm going to say 20,500. Mr. Stimson, is the capacity of London Road Stadium more than, less than, or exactly 20,500? Lower. I think we were looking at around 15, 16. Correct. It is fifteen thousand three hundred and fourteen. Gave you too much credit, Ian. That 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 one's very much weighted in my favour. If I only had to go lower or higher, like like the population one, I'd have been in as much trouble as Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) But with that one, I was all right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Tied up at one point each. This is a best of seven. Best of seven on Peter, bro. Yeah, uh, if I can think of seven questions, (laughs) I just have. If I can think of, hang on, their Wikipedia page open. Jesus (laughs) Jesus <laughs> wept. Uh, Mr. Stimson, how many years ago was Peterborough United Football Club founded? Oh, okay. How many years? How many years? Okay. Yes, not the year, but how many years ago? How many years ago? So, uh, uh, do, do, do. I would. The number is on their badge. Yeah. The year. Yeah, I'm just trying to do the math, that's all, of what I think the year is. <laughs> Uh, so I would say, uh, 88. 88 years ago. Chuck, is it more than, less than, or exactly 88 years ago that the Posh was founded? So 1934? That's what I had written down. It feels like, I don't know, it feels like Peterborough Football Club would be older than that. But then also, you should fucking know. Yeah, I'm going to say they are older than that. Point to Ian. Ian, that is exactly right. It is yes. 1934. I should have had faith in you. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> but you I had said, two so, full quizzes of data to go on. If Chuck, if Chuck <laughs> had true. said exact, would he have got the point and not me? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, Correct. right. Oh, that is how the game works. <laughs> yeah, okay. But if he'd have, if I'd have said he's exactly right and he was wrong, he would have got the point. Yeah. 
Wow. Yes. What a quiz. <laughs> what a quiz. That's that's literally how the quiz works. Those are the rules. Yep. I'm glad we're in the third one of this trilogy and you're still... It was the first one that we could probably get specific. I've been one off a few times, but... <gasps> yeah, you have been. You were, like, you yeah. earned the oh, fuck let's out of that point. Let's keep going and talk about the asbestos right, content <laughs> of the train station or something. How many points did the posh get in the table last season in the championship? Oh, oh my god, it was so few. <laughs> it was so few. It really was. Derby had two points hits of 21 <laughs> and were still almost <laughs> the same as Peterborough. Yeah, it worked good. Uh, and it's a 46 game season. 32 <laughs> points. That's so funny about how low we're thinking. <laughs> 32 points. Oof. <laughs> Mr. Stinson, did the Hash get more, less, or exactly 32 points? I don't think points? it was that low. I think it was higher. Point to Ian. It was very barely higher. How, how, at how 37 much? points. Oh, okay. oh. lovely. <laughs> how brilliant. 37. Lovely. Yeah. Get out. Um, is that 3 1 question. Ian? Is that 3 1 Ian at the minute? It is this 3 is 1 Ian, yes. Shit. Ian for the win. Um, In a way. <laughs> Mr. Stimson, no one's winning this. How many goals did the Posh score last season? I know the answer. Oh, he knows Do the answer. Really? He does because it was a. It was. Oh, it came up in the Fulham pod. Oh my god! Because Mitro scored. Oh no! Now I'm second guessing myself. Because Mitro scored. Was it more or the same? Um, it must have been more, otherwise you wouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> um, uh, okay, I'll go 41. I think... 41, Chuck. Fuck. Did Peterborough right. score more, less, or exactly no, 41 goals? I think the joke I made was that Mitrovic scored the same number of goals as, Fulham, as Peterborough, which was 43. But in my head, I also have the number 40. But I'm going to say 43 <laughs> goals, therefore higher. Ding, ding, ding. That is exactly correct, Chuck. 43 oh, goals. They scored the same amount as one Alexander Mitrovic. <laughs> Fuck me, that's embarrassing. Just 63 just, just short of Fulham. <laughs> the score stands at 3-2. This is still for the win, Ian, if Chuck does the favor here to help you. I don't know. Excellent. Um, Chuck, yeah. how many goals... Did they concede? Did they concede? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, 46 games. <gasps> Oh boy. 80. 80. 80. All right. Ian, did that concede more, less, or That's exactly 80 goals? I don't think it is too high. I think it's more because I think, I think we conceded way, like double what we. Yeah, I'll go higher. Ding, ding, ding. Mr. Stimson, go ahead and play your music. You <laughs> get the win. God, 87. 87. 87. <laughs> 87. Wow. Oh, I wrote 86 down. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Christ, we were bad. It's, uh, it's not great. It's not great. Yeah. But you get the win. And that puts the well season done. standings on you two wins to Chuck to Ian. You really is a hollow victory, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, sorry. I had to keep it interesting. I had to make it up here. And you still almost won. Yeah, I was going to mm. say. So, still weren't great. I like that quiz format. 
I gotta say, I really like that quiz format. We'll never do it again unless I run out of ideas by the end of the year, but I, I thought that was fun. We'll do it again. <laughs> I um, have another trilogy ready to go. There we go. For the Star next Wars. two weeks. Um, three weeks, indeed. That's how it works. Numbers. Peterborough winning. What a joy. They're going to piss League One. Congratulations. Um, <clears throat> speaking of, let's move into the Premier League. Yay, fixtures. <laughs> Saturday, 20th of August. You've got four days. Well, we've got four days. You don't have four days. Um, we start off the Saturday with Spurs versus Wolves. Then Palace, Villa, Everton, Nottingham Forest, Fulham, Brentford, Leicester, Southampton is your three o'clocks with Bournemouth, Arsenal rounding off the day. Sunday, we go to Leeds versus Chelsea, West Ham, Brighton. And uh, we're going to come back to Brighton in just a second. There's been, a, a, a quite frankly, a fucking bombshell um, at Mop Towers. We'll get to that. Um, Newcastle, Man City in the um, mm, derby. And uh, we round off Monday night football. <laughs> Manchester United uh, get destroyed by Liverpool when Eric Sevenhag is born. Um, I'm really wondering if we can place bets on if he'll be gone sooner than Frank de Boer. Hmm. Doesn't seem <clears throat> ridiculous, does it? It, it might happen. Um, yeah, so lots of... Uh, I think there's some pretty decent fixtures in there. But Brighton, we... I've made it quite clear over the last few years my <laughs> positions on Brighton. And yeah, then, you like um, them, right? We, I, got, is that correct? we got really excited uh, because we received a new Patreon. <laughs> Mr. Eric Meyer. Mer, Mer, Mer. <laughs> Friends with uh, Sophia Gold and Stephen Frankincense. Um, <laughs> and everyone got really excited on the Slack asking who does he support, whatever, and people thinking, oh, wouldn't it be funny if he supports Brighton? Eric is a Brighton fan. So if you enjoy conflict and causing me inner turmoil as I <laughs> deal with this emotional experience, come join us on the Slack for just $2 a month and witness my downfall. Um, no, it's absolutely amazing to have Eric with us um, and just shows the the love and the and the fostering connection we've made. Um, unless you're a Man United fan, fuck off. <laughs> we um, genuinely don't have any Man United fans. Not a single else. one. <laughs> We have Good. Arsenal, we have Spurs, several Liverpool, now a Brighton, but still uh, Brighton. Just one Palace fan. That's all you need. Just me. Sure. Um, but anyway, it was going to be an interesting week, but let's get the hell out of here. Thank you all very, very much for listening. Thank you for joining us as ever. Um, Miles Offside Pod on Twitter, patreon.com forward slash Miles Offside Pod. Join the FPL League. Join the Predictor League. Get involved and win some great prizes. Say goodbye, Oscar Puente. Anthony Taylor, go get a bad hand job behind a Denny's. Say goodbye, Ian Stimson. Uh, bye. And as ever, our producers, <laughs> Tom, Andy, Jeff, Sam, Mark, and Nate Whitham. That's right, I did the names backwards. What? <laughs>